I first want to just introduce the best thing that's happened to me uh, since I was born. Uh, and, and that's no disrespect to mothers, but I believe it said leave and cleave. Amen. Uh, thank God for my mother who birthed me. And um, she's in South Carolina, and we thank God for that. But God saw fit that as a lost creature, and once I got my mind together, he sent me a good wife. Amen. Stand up, honey. This is my wife, Henrietta. Every time I talk about it, I'm about to cry, so I'm not going to cry today, I promise. But we are both attending school. I told my Bishop, I said, listen, if I'm going to uh, be a part of any congregation, uh, I myself cannot uh, be a whole and have dominion without my wife. It's impossible for me to do. I I can't lead a congregation if my wife is not whole with me. Amen. Uh, Because women, I don't understand you. (laughs) So if you come for me with prayer, I might say, well, kind of get over it. Move on. Now I've lost the whole congregation. (laughs) But my wife understands how to minister. And for us, God has called us to be one. You'll never see me go anywhere without a lesser, something specifically I have to do. But she's always with me, even when I'm not with her. God has called us to be one. And that's what we've come here to proclaim, that what God said in the beginning, let us go down and make man. That means she was already, when I was thinking about a wife, She was already inside me. All I had to do was wait until God produced her. Amen. And he did. January the 11th, two years ago, we got married and uh, it was the best thing that happened to me. So I am am just awesomely happy. So happy. My wife is a writer. She's a play director. She does all these kinds of things that I can't do. He talked about giving his papers to somebody. I have to give it to her and all the corrections have to be made. So I thank God for her. I love you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you can clap. It's okay. I will also say this. I want to thank Pastor Jared and and every staff member, especially uh, Brother John Guest and his wife, who took us and uh, as our overseers as we came this way and and really have loved on us, prayed for us. And then to meet your pastor, who is an awesome man of God. Thank you so much for having us to be a part of this awesome church. And I want to thank every one of you who have welcomed my wife and I. We are honored to be here and to be a part of you. Amen. All right. So we're going to get down to the business. The business is uh, before I do that, I want to tell you that they really put me in this position to act like John, uh, John, uh, the the, the one that came before Jesus, uh, John the Baptist, because I have to announce to you after I get through, really, because, you know, nobody really wants to hear what John has to say. He said, there's one coming after me. I am not worthy to tie your shoes. I can say that. There's a guest coming after me. I want to make that announcement right now. There's a guest on the way. Amen. Uh, So I'm just going to complain. All I'm going to do is proclaim the good news and then let the guest come and and then end this thing. Amen. Amen. But we're talking about the helmet of salvation tonight. And and as I was uh, deeply trying to get a hold of what God wanted me to speak to you tonight, I I was I was kind of going back from one end uh, to the next. Now, I love marriages. And I said, well, God, how could I just wrap this into the marriage thing? Uh, And no, no, you're not talking about marriage now, but it's wrapped up in there. My salvation is in the marriage. It is from the beginning when I created man and woman. It was already there. My salvation was in my word. Amen. 
And so I kept asking myself, what is this salvation? What is this thing? And, and he said, first of all, I need you to understand that what I'm telling you tonight is good news. This is good news. Because, see, this letter to the Ephesian was not about a letter like John had to, like, uh, I'm sorry, Peter had to write uh, to the other churches. This was a letter that was saying, listen, this is what I want you to do in the middle of your trials and all the depressions around you. This is not a letter of correction. This was a letter of encouragement. So I'm here to encourage you tonight. Paul didn't have to write to this church and say, hey, y'all need to get it together like the people in uh, uh, these other churches that are in Corinth and all these other places. He was writing this to say, listen, you're doing a good job, but there are some forces, there's some things on the outside like we have now that will press on you and cause you to leave the race. But I, I came to Christ Church, but it looked like y'all just, y'all ain't going to fall out of the race. I'm telling you, there's some people who've got some good shoes on here. Y'all are running the race. So I was glad to be a part of this. So, 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 so when I read this, the English version first says this, take. And I had to stop right there because I don't know who in here could take salvation. But this take was an interesting word. It means really to receive, to become a part of. And so when we make up our mind to receive Christ, salvation becomes the gift that comes along with it. Now, here's what I love about God. When he gives you a gift, he doesn't take it back. How many in here who have who have given a gift somebody gave you that you didn't really like? And you say, well, I'm going to wrap this gift up and I'm going to pass it on to somebody else. Uh, It's called a rewrap, isn't it, babe? I mean, we've done it a couple of times ourselves. But God doesn't do that. He doesn't say because you're acting crazy, because you don't love your wife right, or because you don't love your children the right way, I'm going to take the gift of salvation away from you. He doesn't do that. Y'all, I like to be down on the floor with the people, so please excuse me. That's just what I do. But so, so this gift of salvation is an eternal gift. I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but I got to say this. This gift of, of, of salvation is called by God himself through the work of Jesus Christ, right? Watch this. It's eternal. It's not in time. So all of the things we do within our time frame has nothing to do with the eternal salvation. Nothing at all. So it's not one of those things that God said, well, you know, you had long enough. I think I'm going to just take this salvation away from you. You, you haven't turned the corner yet. It doesn't work that way. When our Lord God speaks, it's eternal. It's not short term. It's not, oh, you got 40 years to get it right and salvation will come to your door. My wife and I went to go see a movie. What was the thing called yesterday, babe? What was it called? Uh, Gods of Egypt. It was very interesting. I, I advise you to go see it because it has a, you know, a lot of play on religion. You get to this point when you die, you have to stay on a trail. When you get to the uh, end before you decide whether you're going to get eternal life or damnation, uh, the man asks you, what do you give? And if a man before the one lady who was the star in the movie put a pot of gold and it weighted against the other side of the weight and the weight went down and the man walked and said, I'll live forever. And he was accepted in. And then there was a lady who come who didn't have much at all. I think she put maybe a pencil or something on the thing. And the scales tipped out of her favor. 
And she was sucked into damnation. Now, man is always trying to play on our religion and get us confused. But that's not the way God works. You cannot work your way to the salvation. You can't. I don't care how you try. We go to work every day hoping that we will get a promotion or a raise and do all of these things. It won't work when you get to God. It will not work. I'm, I really am here to tell you about how we're going to war. This is about having war, right? Spiritual warfare, am I right? And spiritual warfare means that whether you're on the sidelines or not, it's coming. War is coming. So you can say, I don't want to get in the game. Pastor Jerry, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to sit in the chairs. Won't do anything. War is coming. Why? Because God said, you will have problems. This was a promise. He said, you will have problems in this lifetime. But here is the good news. He didn't stop there with the sentence. He said, because I've overcome it. Let's give God a hand of praise. He said, I'm not going to leave you where you are. But I've overcome the cancer. I've overcome the trouble. I've overcome it already. That's one thing about this God who understands spiritual warfare. I love when Jamie was uh, preaching the other day and how Peter then was sleeping. And the part of that was this. He said, listen, <laughs> you sleeping now. Yeah. But when I leave here, <laughs> it can't be no time for sleeping then, buddy. See, while I'm here, I can call demons out. While I'm here, the dead will come alive. While I'm here, the sick will be healed. Amen? But when I go back to where me and God are going to have a good party in time, when we're going to have our time we had before, when I'm gone, you're going to need to be able to stand up on your feet and deal with these issues that are happening to you. Amen? Spiritual warfare. What is this helmet of salvation? It's, 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 what it is, is, is hope that does not disappoint. So when you're in the battle, when you have received this mindset, it's not a helmet. They use that as a metaphor. What it is, is your mindset that has to have a hope in Christ that you believe no matter how bad it gets, that Christ is going to keep you and you're going to win the battle. In other words, watch this. I don't care what happens to you in the middle of the battle. It's at the end, Christ said, I'm going to get my glory out of it. Sometimes we suffer so much and we wonder, really, is there a God? I've heard people say that to me. Yes, it is. He just chose for you to go through it. He said, I got you at the end. The end doesn't mean you die in it. It means that when I decide to bring you out of this, I'm going to get my glory. At one time, I used to think all the time, well, I do have to die first to get the glory of God? No. He loves me so much. He said, while you're going through, I'm right there with you. I am right there with you in your marriage when it's having a hard time. I'm right there with you. When your grandkids are in the hospital, I'm right there with you. When your parents are sick and you have to take them in, I'm right there with you. And I promise you, I'm going to bring you out. Not Matthew, not my wife, not Pastor Jared. We are uh, uh, not the great John Guest, who I consider that. We are the soldiers of God who are proclaiming the good news of God. We come to tell you while you're going through, it's going to be okay. 
And the helmet of hope and this helmet you're talking about is to know that the word of God is true and living. It's not what man will promise you. I'll promise you I'll be there. But something may come up with my wife. Which one you think I'm going to choose? I'm going to call you. Hey, I can't make it. My wife is cooking beef stew. That's bad, isn't it? Oh, God. Y'all don't hold me. Don't hold that against me. I want to I want to I want to I want to get you to understand something. Tonight, I'm here to ask you to have a change of mind. Tonight, God wants you to have a change of mind. Because in this salvation, there's deliverance. In this salvation, there's safety. In this salvation, in this war that you're going up against, no matter what it might be, no matter what you're dealing with, there's healing. Now, I, I, I don't want to get like those funds on TV and call y'all up and then we start acting like you got healed. Don't hold that against me. But God is more concerned about your spiritual healing. Because it's from that everything else begins to line up. When, when, when he told the prophet, he said, listen, call the four winds. What is he talking about? The spirit of a human being. He's concerned more about your spirit being healed. Why? Because it won't be your flesh that will inherit heaven. It'll be your spirit. You're going back to what you would call before you even enter your mother's womb. I'm concerned about your spirit. Pastor Jared is concerned about it. Every preacher in this building is concerned about your spirit. Because it is that when you committed to giving your life to Christ, salvation became your gift. Healing became part of you. Deliverance became a part of you. The dead will walk, the blind will see, the deaf will hear. Because when you get to heaven, there's no more trouble, no more crying, no more weeping. None of these things are a part of you now. The salvation causes you to never have condemnation. But it's still not a get out of jail free card. You have to walk it out. Amen? Amen. Now, I, now listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a word guy. I'm coming to it right now, I promise you. But if my, this technical team can bring my, 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 my uh, things up because I want to show them how the church thinks about salvation. I want to show you how people begin to think. This is how they think right here. They're confused. I'm not saying Christ church now because I know you guys understand it. But this is what the world is acting like right here. This is how some of us as Christians are sitting behind our desk when trouble comes and we start doubting Jesus. I remember John said to him while he was in this prison, John the Baptist, I'm talking about, and he was sitting in this dark place. Have anybody ever been in a Roman place? Did you go into prisons while you were in Israel? It's a very dark, dark place. It's not like the common, you know, facilities prisoners have today where they get a cot and all these kind of things and the lights come on. And they can watch TV. <laughs> I don't think they had ESPN back then. But John asked the question, is he the one? We sometimes, when we're going through this war and this spiritual warfare, we begin to question, is Jesus really alive? Is he? 
And we get like this man. Am I saved really? Am I lost? I don't know where I am. But this is the world. Now, the next slide says this. Watch this. This thing is free. But we don't know that. This salvation is free. You can't buy it. You, you, can't, you can't pay with your life. Except to accept Jesus Christ and do that which the word of God asks you to do. Husbands, love your wife. I love this whole thing because I'm pondering uh, why Paul put these things about the family structure before he got to the spiritual warfare. Why? Because husbands have a hard time understanding what their wife is really saying. So you got to love them anyway. Well, I, don't, I heard what you said and I don't really understand what you're really saying. But he needs some armor on because if he don't get right, something's going to happen. And the wife is saying, why are you not doing this? You heard me? Some armor need to go on. Amen. <laughs> but really, I, 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 this is Matthew talking to you now. I truly believe that Paul understood that the family structure, which is the marriage, is the very image and likeness of God. And it's in that everything stems from. Everything, our children, our bosses, uh, everything that would go on stems from that nucleus. And if we as wives and husbands can be the image and the likeness of God, how much do you think others will understand the salvation? It's something special. We are the church. It is he who is coming back for us. I love that I know him. Amen? I love that he, he there's no other religion that promises you salvation. I mean, now, uh, there are some scholars out here. Maybe somebody could tell me. But there's no other one that offers this salvation that causes you to not have judgment and frees you from sin. Let's go to the next slide. Watch this. This is salvation's on its way to the cross. If you ever doubt, this is the reminder of the work he called his son to do. The Bible tells me he didn't murmur one word on his way. I wanted to remind you that this is what he suffered so that you and I will have this thing called salvation. I need you to keep this in your mind that God sent his only begotten son that he would pay a price for a world that did not care for him. We were all enemies of Christ. I'm still talking about spiritual warfare. So in your times of doubt, you start reflecting that if it wasn't for this Jesus that we call our savior, then we would be working towards nothing. Go to work every day. At the end of it, they're going to give you retirement. And you think you're going to get something that you can survive off. But we find out today we have to get another job. But it's not another chance when you die. It's ended. It's over. We all got to stand before that, that judgment throne and be judged. You can find another job. I pray you don't ever have to find another wife. But if you do, even then. But you cannot find another Jesus. 
It's good news, man. This next slide tells what salvation did. It paid the price. And it's right here, he said, it's finished. Not for his life. It's finished that I've accomplished what I need to do for those we call our children. For man. Father, it's finished now. I have put a seal of stamp on salvation. I've sealed it with my own life. That man may have a way back to you, Father. This is good news, folks. That's why when stuff starts coming to you, watch this, go to the next slide. I need you to understand this salvation paid the price. It paid the price for this first one. It paid it for cancer. How many times we've heard people calling in and saying, oh, my sister, my brother, my wife has cancer. And we immediately start to worry because it's a word that causes us to do that. But I need you to understand cancer is not bigger than God. God has paid. Jesus Christ has paid the price. This is good news. This next one. Alzheimer's. We know it. I'm just mentioning a few things. The salvation has, has, has already got it wrapped up. Do we have to go through it with our families and friends? Yes. We have to walk through it. But he paid the price. Next. Depression. Paid the price. Next. Death. Order, order. I love this one. I used to be afraid to die. But when I understood Jesus made dying easy for me, God, you can take me anytime now. Because I'm going to walk through and I'm going to meet my Savior. Because he paid the price. And this salvation will meet me at the doorway. I'm not worried about dying now. Because he made it easy. He said, what? I have what? Overcome death. Oh, God. How you hand this thing here? I have overcome it. Lastly, divorce. Now, this is why we're here. Because I want to tell you, I don't care what you go through in your marriage life. God has paid the price for it. That's why he hates it so much. So if you're struggling... There's so many of these pastors around that want to sit down and talk with you. Why? Because I'm concerned about my wife's salvation. It means that much to me. So when I stand before God, because there's no marriage in heaven, we all know that, right? When he asked me, what did you do with the gift I gave you? I want to be able to say, now, Lord, roll the film back. Now, I was a knucklehead for the first three or five years. (laughs) Let's go past that point. I think it took me about eight years to get right. (laughs) But at this point, when I understood what you paid, the price, I began to get serious about loving my wife, the gift you gave me. And I began to get serious about her salvation. Because no longer was I concerned for me. Because the Bible says he has us in the palm of his hands and no man can pluck us out. So I'm not concerned about me because God's got me. But I'm concerned about her salvation. 
I want husbands and wives to be concerned about your opposite person. The wife needs to be concerned about the husband and the husband needs to be concerned about the wife. And if you're not married, then you need to be concerned that you don't have to worry about Jesus' salvation. You say, now, Jesus, I just need you to make sure you take care of me. Amen? This is good news. This is not sad news. We're in spiritual warfare. And it's going to attack every part of our family life. Whether you're single or married, it's going to attack every part of it. And I need you to understand, we win. Please say that with me. We win. We win. When? That's why it says when you've done all you can do to stand, stand anyhow. That's why when John Guest comes, he's going to come and give you now the offensive part of this word. We're talking about mainly a defensive thing we're talking about right now. Offense is coming through a guest. <laughs> that thing worked. I, I practiced that. <laughs> I want to finish this up and I want to go into this. I want to end with this. I want to talk to you about the three tenses of salvation. Because it is that we, we seem to have this thing about we can't forgive our past. We don't even live in the present tense of who God is. And then we wonder about the future. Amen? I, I want to tell you something. Salvation paid the price. Who is salvation? Jesus Christ. The blood. I want to sing the blood that makes sense from day to... I want to sing that, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> this salvation that we're talking about, folks, I need us to understand something. Your past has been forgiven. Your present is ongoing. Your future is the celebration of Christ in heaven. So let's make this clear. Because I want to give you some word before I go. This is the past tense of salvation. Let's go to Luke 7, 50. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Now, the reason why I love this verse is we all know who this woman was and we know her profession, right? It doesn't mean that people who don't love Christ don't have faith. They need me and you. And when they meet this Jesus through us, we can ask them to come to a Christ who's going to give them a gift that's eternal. Amen? Amen. Jesus don't discriminate because of who they are. We shouldn't. We need to understand that we are the light of the world and we reflect who the kingdom is. We can come to this building and celebrate all we want to, but it's when we go out the doors. It's when the light needs to be turned on. And for people like this, who God has given us an example for eternity. Amen. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 1.18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, that's me and you, who are being saved, it is the power of God. Oh, I love this. Now, I, I'm trying not to preach like the Baptists do because I understand where we are. But don't hold this against me. But I get excited because this, this tells me that, 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 listen, I don't have to fight the spiritual warfare by myself, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, not mine. So when I'm, I'm facing tribulations and trials, I've got to remind God that you told me it's your power that's dealing with the situation. 
Not mine. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, our time is just being granted now. Second Corinthians 2.15. Watch this. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. I, 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 I messed up here somewhere. We got two things, but I'm, let's move on. You got the point on the past, right? All right. Let's go to the present. It says this. The present tense of tense of salvation and has to do with the present deliverance over the reigning power of sin or the carnal nature's power in the lives of believers. Okay, so once you give your life to Christ, this salvation begins to reign over the sin nature that is in you. Right? Now, I know you know this one. I can see it on your face. (laughs) I won't. But I need you to agree or disagree. The Bible says that all things are new in Christ Jesus. Okay. Is that true or not? I agree. I agree. There you go. It doesn't mean that sin has dissipated. It's just mean your spirit now has become new and it's back where it belongs and the salvation in Christ is reigning over it now. Why? Because the Bible said there's no condemnation. Oh, that's my friend right here. I love it. I know she's going to agree with me. There's no condemnation for you and me. The world has this, has this judgment waiting on them. But when we give our life to Christ, we can be assured that there's no condemnation. Amen? How we walk it out? Now, that's a whole nother thing. I can't be there to help you. Johnny Cochran won't either. <laughs> but we are assured as the children of God, no condemnation. Oh, God, that alone makes me happy. But watch what it says. Romans 8, 2. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I just said all things are new in Christ, right? That means we are living in the life or in the newness of Christ because we were buried with him and we rise now with him. Amen. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Uh, Let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we who with unveiled faces, all reflect the Lord's glory of being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Are y'all tracking with me? Am I making sense here? This is good news, folks. I don't come to condemn you. I come to lift you up. I come to tell you that this salvation is real. There's a promise so no sickness, no death, none of these earthly things. Have you lost your job? This salvation says you win. Let's go to the last thing. Oh, God. Hallelujah. I'm glad my wife ain't keeping time because she would have been there and cut me right now. But I think I got six minutes left. All right. Let's go to the last one. This is the future tense of salvation, which refers to the future deliverance All believers in Christ will experience through a glorified, resurrected body. Now, the church ought to say amen right there. Oh, God. I I heard him say that the living will rise up. Amen. And the dead in Christ will rise up. Oh, I'm excited about this. Are you kidding me? (laughs) There is not another God that will raise you up because of the gift of salvation. Not another one alone. I don't have no problems with Buddha and all these other places. I I won't knock people because everybody can find their way to Christ through those religions. Amen. Amen. But we who have found him. Oh, God. Hallelujah. This is glory right here for me. 
Now, let's confirm it in the word. Give me uh, Romans 13, 11. I love this technology. I, I, I love this thing. That's why I'm a part of Christ Church. If I could just take this with me when I go to preach other places, I'd be all right. Somebody asked me if Paul would have said, this is the devil. I, I said, no, he was, a, he was definitely a progressionist. So we don't have to worry about that. Watch this. And do this, understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber. I love this because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believe. Whoo! It's much nearer because why? Because Christ has already come and died. We stand on the shoulders of the old prophets and we can see much clearer into this salvation that they could. We have got a hope that they didn't have. You ought to get happy right now. <laughs> Is this what you go through all the time, man? <laughs> oh, God. Hallelujah. All right, honey, get ready because they're going to kick me off in a minute. First Peter 1 Peter 1.5. Look at that. That's awesome. Who through faith? Now, I got to tell you this right now. Salvation has a cousin. He's a first cousin. And his cousin is faith. I need you to understand that. Because this is where we're talking about spiritual warfare. Watch this. This is where the enemy comes to get you to do not believe what I'm telling you tonight. This is where the warfare begins because the cousin says, I got to ride along with your salvation. So this is not a walk in the park. So when, 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 when life throws things at you, your faith need to be reacted. And say, no, no enemy, no devil. <laughs> now, she did say a small son, but this guy is big, man. <laughs> your faith ought to say, I know I lost my job, but God, you're able to do all things. I know my mother is sick in the hospital and I'm worried. But faith tells me, God, you've got it already because it was salvation was paid for already. Oh, God, I, I feel depressed because the sun hasn't come out. I want to move to Charleston, but I can't. But I believe someday I will. I'm not trying to take members, Pastor Jerry. Let's go to 1 John 3, 2. Dear friends, I want to talk to you now. Now we are the children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, he shall be, we shall be, we, we, I'm talking to you now. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Now let's give Jesus a big round of applause right now. Come on, honey. I got one minute. We got to make this statement. One minute. Come on. Come on, help me. Somebody find something for me. Philippians 3.12. She don't want to. She don't want to. Somebody find that for me in the Bible. Philippians 3.12. Can somebody do that for me right quick? Uh, this, this is a Bible church. I know y'all got it. This is all right. Come on. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. And then she's coming. Out. I like that. Come on. Now, this is my closing statement. This is going to put the exclamation mark 
I believe, now, John Guest might tell me differently, but I'll deal with him when he calls me. <laughs> first, first, I mean, Philippians 3, 12 through 14. Could you read that for me? Not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I... Hold it right there. It means that because I have not walked this thing out perfectly, I got to walk it out. I haven't obtained this thing yet. So you're going to make mistakes in this salvation. It doesn't depend on what you do. God doesn't say, well, all right, well, you messed up. I have not obtained it yet. That's how I'd be preaching at home. I'd be interrupting the reader. Go ahead. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. My God. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what Past, is Past, present. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. Future. For which, Christ, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Pointing to Christ. Thank you so much. What's your name? Elizabeth. Hey, Elizabeth, thank you. Y'all give her a round of applause. Minus three seconds on the clock, Pastor Jared. <laughs> Look, I want to say this. My wife always gets me on this. You, you know, when you always say you want to say one thing, you never say one thing. <laughs> Spiritual warfare is going to come. But we have a salvation in Jesus Christ that tells us no matter how the battle wages war against me, my family, my children, we win. You don't have to be on the defense all the time because a guest is coming to tell you that when you pick up the word, you now become an offensive player and Christ's word will make sure at the end of your road, you win. Husbands, wives, put on your full armor. Husbands, you'll hear me say this, be the prince of your home. Wives, be the queen of your home. And I promise you, your salvation is secured. May the Lord bless you.